guys. How are we doing? We are fabulous, actually. Welcome. I'm Stevie. I'm Sydney. You're listening to you talking to me. How are we doing today? We are doing great. We have a very exciting show today because we are going to be talking about the 2018 Oscar Awards ceremony. Insert some cheeky music. Yeah. Was that not was that not cheeky enough for you? All right, put some cheek in it. Uh, well, the okay. this year's uh, Oscars are on March fourth, two thousand eighteen. Real late in the game, I thought. I thought so too. Usually, they give like me some February. more time to see some stuff. Though, yeah, let me tell no, you, preach. We've needed that time, dude. I know, I know, and I'm still missing a couple here, but I, I think I'm gonna have the majority of being able to at least kind of guide us through, um, you know, what people are saying. What critics are saying um, and what we're saying. And we're definitely better versed for this than we were for the Golden Globes episode. That's accurate. Yeah. Oh dear God, that's accurate. So, yeah. Although um, we we did get a few right for our Golden Globe choices. I got like I had thirteen right. Dang, good yeah. for you, man. So there we go. So maybe we didn't need to be more educated. Um, we always need to be more educated. Um. But let's do it. Let's get into it. All right. So we are going by the list of the Oscar.go.com, and we're actually going from the bottom up, so we'll end with Best Picture. So we're going to start with writing, uh, Best Writing for Original Screenplay. The nominees are The Big Sick, Get Out, Lady Bird, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Okay, so I did get to watch The Big Sick uh, as of recently, which is really cool because um, it's like the actual main character's story right. um, that he wrote, and um, it, he wrote it with his wife, Emily. Um, and I just think it's so it was so interesting to me. I, I don't know if you know this movie at all, but it's like the guy, have you watched this? No, but I, I know what it's about. Yeah, so anyway, um, it's really entertaining. I think it's a good time. I think it's really well written. Um, as much as I really enjoyed Get Out, um, and God, I have to tell you, like, I really think the writing here is going to go with um, Three Billboards outside okay. of Ebbing, Missouri. I think, uh, I think the film uh, is perfectly structured in plot holes, and these characters are so complicated and complex. Uh, that I, I think that's where it's going to go. You know me, though. I'd love to see Lady Bird. I'd yeah. love to see Greta get something going here. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that you can't really go wrong with choosing three billboards. Um, I really like that it's a, movie. It's a huge lock. However, um, I don't think that's not who I'm going to choose for this uh, category. I just read recently and saw that Get Out won a WGA award and is picking up some wow. steam for that. So I'm going to go with Get Out, kind of I an like off-topic thing. Like Have a, you gotten to see it yet? I didn't, but I want to I know you don't like, Whitford. Yeah, I was going to say, I know you don't like scary movies, but I, I think it's more of a thriller, right. um, and there's like two jump scares maybe in the whole thing, and it, you know, you'll be fine. I yeah. think you'll be good. Sydney's like, as we all know, is uh, accustomed to not watching scary films, yes, and no. Uh, yeah, no, I'm about to drag her into watching James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal and Secretary. Jesus. We can't wait. So yeah, no, I think that's a good call, um, and I mean, I have to say on a side note, because we're going to bring up these same films, and Over when and they come again. up, we'll talk, but um, Shape of Water, uh, I really enjoyed, and I think, I think... Uh, it's got so many nominations, and there's so many reasons for its nominations, but I don't think it's going to win on writing. Got you. Okay. Fair enough. Next category is Best Writing for an Adapted Screenplay. The nominees are Call Me By Your Name, The Disaster Artist, Logan, Mudbound, and Molly's Game. Proud to once again say I've seen all of these films. Yes. Um, and I have to say, like, uh, I, I love that something like Logan is in this category. Mm -hmm. um, it's 
more than a superhero film. I know that gets categorized a lot as, oh, well, it's a superhero film. Uh, it's really heavy and sad, and uh, it's got a lot of things going on with it that I, I really enjoy. I think uh, The Disaster Artist is so good. Yeah. I do. Um, I don't know if it's got the steam. Uh, Mudbound, I thought, was really dark, but I didn't ever remember thinking, like, wow, this writing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, a lot of times yeah. it happens. And you've got this... Molly's Game, Molly's your guy. Game. So well. You love so this guy. So well written. The opening scene of Molly's Game is so well put together, mm-hmm. um, of her coming down the hill, skiing in this big freaking tournament, and um, it's so well written and moves so fast that the stakes are so high before you get to the title card. Yeah. What I like about Aaron Sorkin is, like, Molly's Game is a long movie, and... Yeah. And it's not that, it's not anything bad. I didn't feel like it was long, though. No, and and what it is, it's like Molly's game, so usually what it is, is one minute of screenplay is one minute on, on screen. Um, but with Aaron Sorkin, because like, even like you said, with that first uh, scene, before the title yeah. card... As much action as there is, it's just like dialogue after dialogue after dialogue. It's just like, let's explain what's going on here. Right. So I'm going to go down this hill at this many miles an hour, and then it's going to be these sticks here, and there's my dad, and he's telling me to watch my line, and I'm thinking, i got to watch my line. And then it's like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, my God, this just happened. Right. Oh, okay, let's start the movie. I heard that the uh, screenplay, actually, for Molly's Game, so going with one minute equals one page of script, <laughs> um, a two-hour movie, for instance, would be 120 pages. I heard that the screenplay for Molly's Game was 210 pages long. Oh my god. That's a long script. And it's it's flawless. Like, Aaron Sorkin's writing is like music. Like, you hear it and yeah. you're like... It's very melodic. Yes. You go with the flow and there's a rhythm and you feel like... And that's how I felt like, you know, his directing was too. I think... Um, I think it's great that he's directing. I think that, that it's going to be something different. It's His writing style, comparatively to his directing beat, is how it feels, though. Right. It's like, okay, boom, 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 boom. It's got a rhythm the whole time, yeah. um, which you can't always pull off with movies. Um, Molly's Game, you can, and it does go well, but I could see that, that quick pace thing... If you were to direct like that all the time, the beat might be a little off. Right. But I think it depends on the story, and I think Molly's Game does work out. Um, I'm going to say Call Me By Your Name on the side note. I went into the movie because I went to go see Three Billboards, and it was sold out on an afternoon showing the day after the Golden Globes. Everybody wanted to go see it. So I went to go, and the next movie playing was Call Me By Your Name, and I was like, you know what? I'll go see it. Because I hadn't seen much about it, but I was like, it's going to get nominated for an Oscar. Right. Like... It's going to happen, I might as well just go see it. So I go see it, and I think the movie is really well put together. It's just that I thought it kind of was slow, mm-hmm. and I will talk about um, Timothy Chalamet later, but like I will say that there is a flawless scene um, between father and son in that movie at the very end mm-hmm. that made me change my mind from going, this movie's all right, too. This is a good movie. Yeah. Like, it, it, the writing was so raw mm-hmm. and something so conversational that could just happen with, with your parents. Yeah. That you were, you I was so in. drawn in. So yeah. I really think the writing's incredibly good there. So which one are you going We're, for? I, I gotta ask you that first. What do you I, got? again, um, I didn't see... Get Out, obviously, but I chose it. And I didn't see Call Me By Your Name, but it also just won a WGA award. 
um, for writing, and so I'm going to go with Call Me By Your Name. I think I, I've seen uh, one of these movies, Molly's Game, and so I that has and Molly's Game is great. Molly's Game is great writing. I think Call Me By Your Name though is gonna take it. Usually. I'm gonna ride with that on you um, because I think I think that's a great call, and it's um, the writing has to be so descriptive and so good to these scenes because there's a lot of silence in this movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of empty space, um, and you have to be able to write these characters and what they're doing, what they're feeling, what's going on. Especially with an adapted screenplay, you're like, you're basing off of something and you're going into, I have to create this now for a script. And um, there's such there's such rawness, and I have to tell you, like, that's the best way to describe Call Me By Your Name. It's raw, you know? There's literally a scene, like, where he, like, has sex with an apricot. Like, that actually happens. An, like, an apricot? Yeah. Those are small. Like, I thought it was a peach, but I'm pretty sure it was an apricot. Huh. And... He, like, literally, like, it's, it's like he just needs to feel the feeling of sex, and it's so new for him, and he's just trying to figure out exactly how he is, and that, and that scene is silent, except for that sound in the, of the fruit, and so it's so, like, it sounds ridiculous and whatever, but there's something about it that's so, like, haunting that this is where he could find this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is... He feels like he's got no other way that he's got he's got to fuck a fruit. And like it's it's so it's it's a funny way to say it, but um, to have to create that scene, yeah, uh, is really raw. So yeah. anyway, he's moving got, on. He he is set for the next two years. That I guy, think James Ivory. Yeah, I think he's no no got no. Uh, oh, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah. He's and he's in Lady Bird too. Yeah, he he, he plays the what first, a year for that kid. The first lay, love it. All right, visual effects. Uh, the Oof. nominees are. This is tough. Blade Runner 2049, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Kong, Skull Island, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. This is tough. Um, I've seen uh, about half of these. I didn't see The Planet of the Apes or Skull Island. I did hear the visual effects were great on, on both. Yeah. Um, and obviously they do the whole like Andy Serkis CGI kind of thing in full suits and stuff. Um, and of course Star Wars does. All these, all these movies do with yeah. these things now. Um, you know, I'm actually surprised Shape of Water wasn't uh, nominated. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't really think it... I don't know. I don't really... I, I, thought, don't, we'd, I thought I'd see that in here. Well, it's a built suit with... Like, no, but a, everything around them was like... No, I know. It's a, that's an interesting idea, though. I would have. I, I just don't think it's far enough in comparatively to these movies. Right. Think about Blade Runner. Yeah. Think about the world. You know? Yeah, no. It's unreal. You know what? I'd like to say Star Wars here, but like part of me is just like it's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, I agree. That shit was so captivating, and when they have Sean Young come out and and yeah. she looks exactly like her in Blade it, Runner it from nineteen eighty like, something. Um, it was definitely, you could tell that the technology had advanced from when they showed Carrie Fisher in... Uh, yeah, in, in Rogue One. Yeah, uh, yes. Yes. And you're like, ish Carrie Fisher, but that's also like not not what she looked like at all. Yeah, so which I tell. thought Peter Cushing was done well in that movie, but then again... I thought like, at first, Peter what Cushing took was me alive off is that he was so old in the 70s when he played that role, so when I saw him, my first thing was... Oh, I thought he was dead, and then I saw like the texture of his face, yeah. and it looked kind of like pixely, and I was like, "Oh, 
Yeah. Oh. Well, the original one, did, well, not the original one, obviously other people have done it, but the first time I really saw that was Tron Legacy with Jeff Bridges' face. Yeah. You know, because he plays Jeff Bridges in real time, who's aged, who's a human, who's stuck in this light cycle world, and then you've got his thing that he creates, Clue, mm-hmm. and Clue is completely Jeff Bridges, who doesn't age, he's a program. Right. You know? So, it's interesting to see those two, and they're both on screen at the same time, so you kind of see it a little bit more, but... I bought it then, I'll buy it now, so I definitely think 2049 is I think so, to go. too. I All think right. Jared Leto is just the perfect amount of creepy, and that has nothing to do with visual effects. No, 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 he's but, like, isn't that great for a great villain? I mean, um, you know, you've got the, I'm trying to think of, what's his name? Um, and I never get his name, and it starts with an R. In what? And it's an original Blade Runner, and he plays the bad guy, like the blonde bad guy. And his name is like like the actor's name. Yeah, Rutger. Rutger Hauer, man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's a, he's a great bad guy, and I think Leto just comes up and and kills it. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Did you? I don't. Did you see Suicide Squad? No. I'm not. A, I wasn't a big fan of all of it. I think there's too much going on, but I think there's pieces of that movie that are really well done. Yeah. Um. God, that guy goes all in, though, for a role. Jared Leto. I mean, comparatively, Always. to look at the Joker, look at Dallas Buyers Club. That guy goes all in. Yeah. Continue. No. Agreed. <laughs> the next category is Best Sound Mixing, and the Oof. nominees are Baby Driver, Blade Runner 2049, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, and Star Wars The Last Jedi. Baby Driver is so good, and the music is so good. I mean, the... It, the movie is correlated around a soundtrack. Now, this this would not be considered for a soundtrack, though. No, I'm with you. It's not in the same... That's what I'm saying. It's like, I... Oh, you're... Yeah, I continue okay, to say I this, that I, I... It's sound mixing, though, is going to be the music mixed with sound effects and diegetic, non-diegetic, right. and score. That's all three of those things mixed in together is what sound mixing is. Right. Am I wrong by that? Because that's what I believe that is. The sound mix is a mix down between all tracks on right. on a on a yes. Grid. I'm with you. Yes. Okay. So why I say is Baby Driver has such a great shot is this movie is completely correlated around this the music and then you've got guns and cars and sound yeah. and it's it's. If you watch that movie and somebody told oh yeah I was somebody was telling me they watched it on a plane with no headphones and I was like you. You can't watch that film with subtitles. Yeah. That's my point of why I'm saying it's so good for sound mixing. You can't watch this movie without that headphones. Wins? I don't know because Shape of Water is really good, but the sound mixing for Dunkirk too. You got to think about like that war, like the blend of it all, like yeah. the bullets, the firing, the sand, the water, like the they're in the boat and they're you mm-hmm. know like it's so beautifully done. I don't know though. You got Star Wars going on over here, Jumanji. <laughs> uh, so who are you going with? This is this is like, yes, some of the other categories that we've done so far were difficult, but this is the first one where I'm literally confused by who could win. Dunkirk, I agree, was good, but Dunkirk, I felt, was such a mellow war movie. So I don't know if that's going to win, just because... I felt like it was mellow comparatively to what I expect from a war movie. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, this is... I'm going to go Baby Driver. I think Shape of Water is going to win, and I don't like that I think that. Okay. 
That's true. <laughs> That's fair. All right, the next uh, category is sound editing now, and the nominees are exactly the same. Okay. <laughs> um, this is a tough one. Um, I think for shits and giggles, I'll go Dunkirk because, you know, like, it was good. I just don't know if it's, yeah. like, you know, Oscar-worthy. I also feel like sound is my... Uh, Once again, sound editing, though. I don't know. Part of me likes Julian Slater for Baby Driver, just for the same reasons, though. I mean, that's the hard part to, to distinguish between the two of them. Especially when you're not a sound person by I know. trade. Yeah, the I agree. The sound is so good, though, in 2049. Think about yeah. that, and that's Hans. Like, oh my god. Um, Star Wars, though, is so... I don't know. Okay, I'm going Baby Driver. Okay. I can't I can't even deal right now. That was a toss-up for us. Another toss-up category, Ugh. best live-action short film. Which, round of nominees. applause for some short films that made an Oscar this year. Jesus. Um, the nominees are, I'm going to fuck up probably two of these. I like that uh, about you. The first one I'm going to fuck up, DeKalb Elementary, uh, The 11 O'Clock, My Nephew Emmett, The Silent Child, and Watu Wote? Watuot? All, all of us. Wow. Um, just based on absolutely nothing, I'm going to say the 11 o'clock wins. Um, I like that, and I'm going to go with um, The Silent Child. I think that was my second. Moving I was like, on okay. to that. That was good. Um, another one we're going to move on probably from very quickly. Best Animated Short Film. The nominees are Dear Basketball, Garden Party, Lou. Negative Space, and Revolting Rhymes. What do you got? I feel like I'm going to go with Negative Space because I like that poster. Garden Party it is. Cool. The next category that we can actually go into, uh, Production Design. And the nominees are Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. This is Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah, go for it. I have a hard time, um, in terms of production design, and I get that still design does go into creating a set that is computer generated, however, Mm. it does make it difficult for me to make that film win an Oscar for production design if it is done within a computer. Yeah. That's um, what you're saying. So you're kind of rolling out Blade Runner. And Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. Shape of Water. I don't really think there's that much special effect to Shape of Water. The whole, like, like I was I was looking opening at, like... scene, you come into the scene, it's literally an apartment hallway. I was... Old school. Let me right, say what right, I'm right. saying. You're just, you're just going over me here. Yeah, it's just this apartment hallway... And it's completely, like, underwater. Yeah. Like, so, just, but just the design of everything. It's all 1962 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it it's just got this really cool feel. I understand what you're saying. I just don't really, I don't really distinguish that movie as all CGI. I don't think it's all CGI. Well, but like, because Blade Runner's pretty much all CGI. Right. But there are obviously, like, I'm sure that within Blade Runner, like, within that huge mansion where he's got, like, his bar area, like, that's all practical. However, what I'm saying is, like, like you said, 90% of that movie is probably CGI. I was looking at, like, set photos of Shape of Water, and it's, like, 
corners of green screens everywhere and she's literally just standing there and i'm gotcha. like okay i get yes you have to design what's the computer's I don't going think, to make at, at, at I all don't. of these things even if i didn't think of any cgi or anything i actually think darkest hour is gonna win i think so too that's what i was gonna choose although well, Denmark was good but why are we arguing then i don't know darkest hour it's a lock no it's not no all right next category is best original song Ugh. Uh, Mighty River from Mudbound, Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up For Something from Marshall, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Now, did This Is Me won the Golden Globe? The Globe. And if you listen to This Is Me, you, you kind of want to, it feels very like, you know, this is real, this is me, I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. Very like, you gotta, you know, it's hitting all the, you're What a throwback. It's <laughs> gonna play that earlier, yeah. yeah. Um, as much as I, I mean, Mary J. Blige kills it. I've heard, look at music by Diane Warren. Diane Warren has so many goddamn Grammys, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So I would definitely say Marshall's got a great shot. I love Mystery of Love. I love that song. I listened to that song on repeat while I was in Europe like 300 times. Wow. I love this song. Okay. But I think This Is Me might win this Oscar. Okay. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I'm going to say Remember Me from Coco. I like it. Coco is apparently one of... Fuck, I want Mystery of Love to win though. Okay. Dude, I, hey, it might. Um... The next category is Best Original Score. The nominees are Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. So, um, Shape of Water. Sorry. <laughs> I locked on. Wow, you did. Shape of Water um, won the Golden Globe for this. Right. Um, and I can understand why. Um, you got John Williams and Hans Zimmer going in with Dunkirk Here's and what Star I'll say. Wars. I, I want to make a note about this, and then it ties into a note that we were talking about the other day about Best Director. Um, do you think that Hans Zimmer and John Williams don't win because it's now what we expect of these people? And I was telling you this within terms of Steven Spielberg. Is he not nominated because what he made with the post is what you expect from Steven Spielberg? It's possible. So it's not anything spectacular. I mean... As we've talked about before, award season is often talent mixed with politics. Right. Um, you know, you could have the greatest film ever made and probably win the Oscar, but there you might not win every movie that you're supposed to make. Right. You might not win the big five. You might that might not happen. I mean, you think about there's only been three films ever that have won the big five. You've got It Happened One Night, Silence of the Lambs, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So to to technically have all of those things hit, you would have to have the entire movie be so locked and perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, in a, in a movie this year, even though it's not the most nominated movie, Three Billboards has the best chance to win Best Picture, win Sam Rockwell winning Best Supporting Actor, though, but that's not Best Actor, right. so you won't win the Big Five, and then Francis McDormand, you know? It's got all these things going on with that. Yeah, no, I agree. I, what are you correcting? I said Franny. Um, but yeah, no. Okay, I, I do say on your thing, though, I completely understand what you're saying. It's yeah. like, what, the chances of you winning an Oscar is high, or low, sorry. Yeah. But then you have somebody yeah. that is so, like, acclaimed. Steven Spielberg is probably the most acclaimed director of all time. Right now, obviously, of our time, definitely, but yeah. of all time. 
a lot of times people don't recognize that until after they die. Um, but that, that that's does... so morbid, but well, true. No, but true. And um, that's why people are like, oh yeah, Kate Hepburn's the best actress of all time. And I think she's number two to Meryl, but Meryl's alive and working and keeps continuing to put together this legacy. So I don't know if it hurts your chances that you're just so good or that you always put together this and it's expected. I think sometimes movies really do win because they are better, even though we're big fans of John Williams and Hans Zimmer. Right. You know what I mean? Um, like, and to me, I do think Shape of Water, like, I think the score comparatively to the rest of them seemed to me to be better um, and at least different or something. You know, I don't really remember the score in Three Billboards, even though that movie is so well put together. I don't really remember the it's score true. of Three Billboards. I remember the score in Shape of Water, and Th Phantom Thread is one of the two films I haven't seen out of all of these nominations. Um, so I'm going to say that it's going to be Shape of Water, but I often wonder the same thing. Yeah. Can you be hurt for the fact that you're constantly skilled and you're at what you do and to expected put to put out this great work, and right. when you don't, and you put together something that would have been incredible for anybody else to make, mm -hmm. is it still that good? Right. Or is it still that bad? I'm agreeing with you that I think uh, Shape of Water will win for this. Again, whatever. You know, I don't know. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. The next, uh, the next category is Best Makeup and Hairstyling. The nominees are Darkest Hour, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. I think you got to give it to Darkest Hour. Look at Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill. Yeah. That's incredible makeup. And that's every day, every shoot, every scene. I'm sure he's in every scene. Yeah. You know, this movie follows him, and you don't even see him in there. You see a shot of him, and you just see Gary Oldman in the eyes, and that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give it to them. I would agree. Um, I just want to make a note about Victoria and Abdul. I did not see this movie. Yeah. Um, however, I was at work one day, and someone was talking about it, and they had just seen it, and they were laughing about this movie because it was, and they, they said, in the office, this person had said, it was like they took the one Indian person Queen Victoria knew and made up a story about them together. And oh that she gosh. might have known this person, but did not have any sort of relationship, like what, how they made it. And Because I guess, like, the first title card, it's like a super of, based on true events, parentheses, sort of, and parentheses. And I'm like, why write that at all, then? <laughs> Maybe that's the whole point. Maybe it is kind of like a fictionalized game. But then why this. put at the beginning, like, based on true events, sort of, like, if... Because it's like that. It's it's trying to pull you to the idea that this is not going to be historically correct. I I thought it was interesting. No, I think I it's totally interesting. I don't but I'm not I'm not fighting you. I'm right, saying no, like, that to me is a creative. I like that you would put that on that as a title card means that they creatively are thinking to go a certain way with how this is perceived, and so they're gonna put that title card so you know. Uh, the next. The category is Best Foreign Language Film, and the nominees are from Chile, A Fantastic Woman, Lebanon, or From Lebanon, The Insult, From Russia, Loveless, From Hungary, On Body and Soul, and From Sweden, The Square. Where are you going, kid? I think that I am going to go hungry on body and soul. Alright, alright. I think I'm going to go with... I've actually heard some stuff about Loveless and A Fantastic Woman. I'm going to go Loveless right now. Okay. I'm not positive on that one. Okay. 
Up next. Oh, I love this. Next category is Best Film Editing. Oh, my God. The nominees are Baby Driver, Dunkirk, I, Tanya, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Outside of Okay. I love this. You and I, we fell in love together. Cutting, cutting stuff. Sebastian Stan being Working. an asshole. We, uh, we work <laughs> together in editing, and this is uh, our first love. And I think this is a tough one. I've seen all of these films. I think that they are all well done. Um, for me, I, Tanya, and Baby Driver are so well cut. Yeah. Sid, Baby Driver's like, like, so well edited, it's incredible. Like, I can't, it, it's just, it's, you know, a, like how we talked about Sorkin. Sorkin's writing is like, boom, to boom, to boom, to boom. Like, that's how this editing is. And it's just like, you're just flowing the whole time. I love and was so entertained by I, Tanya, Right. And the way that's cut. I love and it. And the way that's put together. But that's a lot on direction, too. It's true. That is true. Um, so, I, so I, I don't know. I can go a couple ways here. I, I think I'm going to go with Baby Driver. I thought more than anything that the editing in this movie, I mean, it's to the beat of the songs. They'll cut yeah. the thing. Doom, boom, boom. And he's jumping from bombs to this. He's shooting bullets. And it goes exactly to the music. I mean, it's very different. Yeah. Very innovative. I think that that's something to look for. I wonder how much of I, Tanya, though, was, like, in terms of editing, I wonder how much of that was written into the script. Like, there yeah. are certain parts of I, Tanya, where it's like, you'll be seeing something, and then it'll jump to basically a talking head. So, yeah. uh... In two contexts, there's the one where you're, like, talking and you're doing the interview. Yeah. And then there's the, like, would I really have done that? Like, like, to, to, like breaking like, the fourth, fourth wall. wall. Yeah. What I think, though, and not even like that, but in terms of editing, what I, th- I wonder how much is written t- into the script of, like, you seeing Tanya Harding getting the shit beat out of her by her mom, and then you cut to Alice and Jenny going, I never hit my daughter. Like, I wonder if that was written into the script like I that. Know, or I they thought, that. this is a great place to put this. So that would be interesting to look at because if that was a stylistic choice of saying, yeah, showing Tanya Harding getting beat up by her mom and then showing Allison Janney going, I never hit her. If that's written into the script, that's great writing. That's perfect. That's comedic gold. If that's an editing yeah. choice, that's editing gold. It's very that's odd. That's true. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to go Dunkirk here. Wow. Here's a curveball. It is really well cut. I, I do. Lee Smith does a great job. I really want to be able to say, like, oh, three billboards here, but... No, um, but that's not the thing that pulls out to me. The next category is documentary short subject, and the nominees are Edith and Eddie, Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405, Heroin, Night Skills, and Traffic Stop. Wow, you have a terrible announcer's voice. I know, that's why I'm not on the radio. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What are you going with, kid? I'm going with Heaven is a Traffic Jam on the 405 because it literally is. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go with heroin. Okay. The next, uh, another fast one, the next category is Best Feature Documentary. The uh, nominees are Abacus, I think that's how you say that, the small Japanese counting thingy, small enough to jail, Faces Places, Icarus, 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 Last Man in, Last Man in Aleppo, and Strong Island. I'm going to go with Icarus. Okay. Uh, I've heard really great things about I have this. too. I'm going to go with Last Man in Aleppo. Though. All right. <laughs> for the nominees for directing is going to be Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, and The Shape of Water. 
Um, this is tough. Uh, this is really tough. You know, there's a lot of things going for a lot of people here. Nolan hasn't really gotten that, um, the recognition. The, the recognition. Everyone says it's Guillermo del Toro's here. Yeah. That this is good. That, that, that's I'm a lot. I'm actually really surprised that Three Billboards isn't nominated here for this. Oh, for Martin McDonough? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree because I think it's really a put together movie. Um, I haven't seen Phantom Thread. I can't talk about Phantom Thread. It's the one that I haven't seen on that one. Um, I love Greta. I love Lady Bird. I think it's so put together. But man, Jordan Peele, Get Out. It's a put together movie. It's it's a thriller, and then there's thought on a deeper level that you never show. You yeah. know, he's got a scene where she's drinking milk and eating Fruit Loops, but separately, like it's color segregated from white. Ah. Yeah. There's shit like that in the movie. You know what I mean? It's just thought out. Yeah. It's well put together. Um, I don't know. Where are you going? I hate myself when I say Shape of Water. So I'm not going to. And I'm going to say Lady Bird. (laughs) Greta Gerwig. I love it. Ride or die with that. I'm going to go with... uh, I think Guillermo will win it for this. Because I I don't know that he's going to win it for a lot of stuff. Uh, or like that 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 movie will win it for a lot of stuff. Right. I think there's a lot of great contenders and other things, and I think that that this might be the year for that. So, all, all right. right. Next category is best costume design. The nominees are Beauty and the Beast, Darkest Hour, Phantom Thread, The Shape of Water, and Victoria and Abdul. Let's talk about the fact that Darkest Hour and Beauty and the Beast are done by the same woman. Oh, the good same for this woman girl. Is nominated for both of those things. I just think Jacqueline Duran. Good for you. I mean, isn't that awesome? Um. I think as far as costume design goes, I mean, it's hard because Phantom Thread is like, that's what the movie is about. Like, it's right. a guy who is like this unbelievable designer that's sewing together these beautiful clothes and the clothes have meaning and there's messages in the lining. Yeah. That's hard to, to, to fuck with, you yeah. know? Um, I don't know. I, I think Shape of Water's got something going on here. Beauty and the Beast is so extravagant on what it has to be, though, mm-hmm. that a lot of times they love that shit. That's because true. Because it's so detailed. It's a little bit more. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. And I'm sure Victoria Abdul is the same kind of idea. It's right. very this, like, old-style clothing that's this beautiful, delicate wear, you know? Yeah. What are you thinking? I, you know, I'm really torn on this one, and I think just for shits and giggles, I'm going to go Phantom Thread. I am, too, and I don't know why, but I'm feeling yeah. that. Let's do it. So, cinematography is Blade Runner 2049. Oh, my God, it's Roger Deakins. I mean, he's like the king of cinematography. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that. We've got The Darkest Hour. We've got Dunkirk, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. Man... I don't know, man. That I, I'm telling you, we left that that movie for for Blade Runner, and I was talking to Peter, and I was like, Roger Deakins. Yeah, like, it's just, it's beautiful. I but I love hard... Dunkirk was beautiful. Yeah. Like the opening yeah. shot where he's like running, and there's the, the papers, like the paper yeah. in the sky. Oh my god! Yeah. And that shot where Tom Hardy's standing outside of the plane, it's on With, fire. It's behind, uh, oh yeah. my god! I don't know. Shape of Water, though, has got this great gray and blue feel, and it does feel like you're in kind of like an old storybook, you yeah. know? I don't Dude, know. I don't know. I, the further we get into this, the more I'm realizing I just don't know. I don't, yeah, because I don't know where it's going to go. Also, you have to think, like, as much as we're looking at this from an artistic point of view, which one of these nominees went to the right dinner last night? Like, we also True. don't know. Let's talk about Rachel Morrison being the first woman cinematographer ever to be nominated for my you think? Do you think she wins? 
No, I don't. Because I watched Mudbound, and even though it's beautiful, and the coloring is so spectacular yeah. in that film, I don't think that it's better to me than the movie, that like, than Dunkirk. I thought the cinematography was better in Dunkirk. That's right. just me saying something of, I thought it was more beautifully shot, whatever. So who are you going with? I think I'm going to go with... Um, I'd like to go with 2049. I think I'm going Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. I am too. Alright, next category is Best Animated Feature Film. The nominees are Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. Coco! Yeah, that's gonna win. Alright, actress in a supporting role, Mary J. Blige, Allison Janney, Leslie Manville, Lori Metcalf, and Octavia Spencer, and they're all good. They are all good. Yeah. Um, this one kills me because I think it's going to be more rare to see Lori Metcalf up for this award. She's been acting forever. Yeah. Um, and it's it's going to be more rare. Mary J. Blige, great. Octavia Spencer is like the, the iconic, the friend that gets you through like, what are we doing? We can't do this. We're doing this. You yeah. Know? It's, that's her role, which is like, it's the help. You know, she wins her Oscar for the help. And it's that role, though. It's yeah. like, and it's complicated and it's complex, but it's also something that she's good at. It's not different from what you've seen. It's true. I haven't seen Phantom Thread. I'd love to give it to Laurie Metcalf. Allison Janney is that that she, I role. think she's got this. Margot Robbie's so good in that movie. Allison Janney is like just the fucking like the the, the topic. Icing. Yeah, it's perfect. It's I like love it. she is she is embodied this woman. She had only reference to. Talking to Tanya Harding and watching this one video clip where she's wearing an oxygen tank and a bird on her shoulder. That's the only footage she had, and she's fabulous. This flawless character. I think she's got it. It starts and ends with Allison Jane. Yep. The next category is actor in a supporting role, and the nominees are Willem Dafoe for The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson for Three Billboards, Sam Rockwell for Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins for The Shape of Water, and Chris Plummer for All the Money in the World. Boom, 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 let's talk. Willem Dafoe came into Oscar season and all this stuff as a favorite. Yes. Like, he was, everyone's going, this role is different from anything he'd ever done before. And then you sprinkle in somebody named Sam Rockwell. Yep. Who is iconically good and underrated in every way. He is good in everything from Galaxy Quest, where he's playing the tiniest kind of doofy guy role to Matchstick Man, where he's calculated and careful. It, it's, this is the role that he's been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy is so flawed. This character. Yeah, no. He, he has and... such problem. And you'd cheer for him. He's a racist motherfucker who's beaten the shit out of a black guy in this movie. He has been able to keep his job as an officer, been complete trash and does nothing and sits on his ass all day and listens to music. And at the end of the day, you still cheer from him in moments of this movie when he's an absolute dick. Now, there's the tough part. When you have two people that are both supporting actors and Woody Harrelson is incredibly good. Here's what, and that's where I wanted to go with that is, this is hard because I love Woody Harrelson. I asked you the other day, would you name your son Woodrow? You wouldn't. (laughs) Here's what I'm going to say is, it seems odd to me, they're both great in their roles, what seems odd to me is that they're both nominated because one seems to be more of the actor in a supporting role and the yeah, other one not- seems to be like a supporting actor in a supporting role. You know what I mean? Like Sam Rockwell's role 
Yes, he doesn't die halfway through, but Sam Rockwell's role is so much more in-depth compared to Woody Harrelson's. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson is great in this, and the but way it's also he's something complex you've is, seen Woody do. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's not that I'm saying that's wrong. He's He has such an unbelievable buffet of work. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Cheers. There's just, it is, but it's true detective, and it's, yeah. like, and he's so goddamn good in True Detective. Yeah, no. But he's also nominated in that with McConaughey, and McConaughey is the Sam Rockwell of that. It's like, they're both incredible, but McConaughey's character is just so fucking flawed that he transforms himself to be that guy. Now, that's what Sam Rockwell's got going for him. Right, and that's that's one thing that Woody's character doesn't. I mean, you learn very quickly that he's got basically terminal cancer and he's dying and there's really no way for him to repent what he's done and so by the time he kills himself and leaves all these notes i mean i think that the i think his after death notes to different people are the strongest part about his role because for the first time you're seeing like oh this guy really wasn't just a shit bag like he yeah. actually did care he just had no idea how he was going to be able to do this no and i completely agree i think I think and then you have Chris no, Plummer, yeah. who does his entire role in like nine, nine days. Nine days, because of other people not wanting to be in that movie anymore. For Ridley Scott was like, I'm not having Kevin Spacey in this film. Yeah. After all the scandal around him, throws Chris Plummer in, does it in nine days, it's incredible. Richard Jenkins is always good. He's he's the guy that you never think about, but he's always good. Like, he's stepbrother's dad, flawless mm-hmm. and funny, the fucking Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> and then you've also got... like. A total sweetheart, like, you know, uh, autistic man in Dear John, mm-hmm. which is not that great of a movie, but I enjoy it, and he's a good great. movie. He's great in that movie, though, if you think about it. like He plays the de- his, he plays John's the, dad. John's yeah. dad, and he's great in that movie. And that scene when he's in the hospital with John, and John's just reading to him, yeah. like, what the coin means to him, mm-hmm. I lose my shit every time. Like, I'm a little... I'm a little misty right now. Um, and, okay, so I'll say this. He is so good in that film in Shape of Water, too. And yeah. he, you know, he plays a guy in the 60s who is an artist who has lost his job because he's gay. And he's not completely out, but he's kind of On his poking. Way out. Yeah. And he's the comical, like, we can't do this. We've got to do this, you know? Right. It's great. He, I don't see that he can win it for this. I think it's a lock. I think it's Sam Rockwell's career. It's his, This is his moment. Yep. He's been acting for like 20 plus years. I'm agreed on Give that. Give it to Sam. I'm agreed. Let's go. Next uh, category is actress in the leading role. The nominees are Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water, Frances Franny McDormand in Three Billboards, Margot Robbie, I, Tanya, Sorshi Ronan for Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep in The Post. I think every one of these women are incredible. And I'm going to go through this on this. Sally Hawkins is so fucking good because here's a movie of people that are all speaking and yet you are more emotionally tied to what she's standing for and who she is with no words. Right. Incredible. Side note on this, Frances McDormand. Look at this totally fuck you picture she has Frances McDormand is a walking middle finger in this fucking movie. She doesn't stand for any of this shit. And let me say, when that when that movie, in that line, when her daughter was like, yeah, like, I'm going to go walk to this and that, and I'll just go get raped. Yeah, why don't you go do yeah. that? 
And it's just, like... The power behind that of, oh, shit. The death of that, like, the fact that she just has to live in that always. But it's how she is with every character. It's how she is with the go fuck yourself. It's how she is with her kids. It's how she is with her best friend. It's how she is with, you know, um, Peter Dinklage as the boyfriend. Oh, my God, I love that. She's different in all of it, in different ways, but slight. Because she's so broken and so bitter about her life and her relationship with her ex-husband. MVP, yes. MVP yes. is the girlfriend. The girlfriend is so good. I love it. I love it. How she's there in the restaurant and she says this word and, and Francis Moonarm is like, you don't know what the fuck that means. You Who know? told you that? Yeah. And then he Where's, looks at, you know. Where did you learn that? And I mean every person in this cast is incredible. Yeah, no. Um, and she leads the brigade. I think, here's what I'll say about this character. I love this character. I And I think she's going to win this category for this. I'm going to steal an Aaron Sorkin West Wing quote and adapt it for her, this character. I think this role for Frances McDormand, I think that character, what she does and what she stands for in this movie is a fairly stunning act for justice and a fairly common act of motherhood. I think once your child dies and you don't know, and you know there was some foul play there, obviously, and no one, it doesn't seem like anyone really cares. Like, I think as a mom, you go to that length for your daughter. Yeah. Without fail. I think it's spectacular. I, I couldn't, I, I have to agree completely. I think that's incredible. I have to say, um, this is this is the year for this movie. Yes. This exactly. is the, the woman brigade year. And the reason I say this is like, Margaret Robbie's so good in Itania. This is the best I've ever seen her. Yeah. I, she just shows up. And she's trash, and she's gritty, and she's complicated. And did she do it? Did she do it? I don't know. And then that scene, which is not a real scene that really happened, where Tanya Harding's like, I'll go to jail, but let me skate. Right. That doesn't happen in Correct. real life. Correct. But that scene is so like haunting and hurtful that you feel terrible for a person that was just stupid. Yeah. And in the wrong place with the wrong people and the wrong this... Whether or not she had, this film is perfectly correlated to who exactly is this woman. And she plays both sides of the, you could see her take the axe with the blood on her face. And at the same time, she's complicated and weak and been beaten by everyone. Correct. You know? Um, Sorry, she wrote it. It's so goddamn good. (laughs) This this movie is, somebody wrote a movie for me. That's what I say. This uh, character is been every one of every girl that has ever decided like I want to be bigger than just what's here mm-hmm. I want to be bigger than just what home is I, I I will not settle for the housewife I will not settle for you know any of that I I need something bigger than than this world but at the same time being so in love with what this is what home is and she's just trying to figure out who she is but also, she owns herself the whole time. You know? Yeah. No, the I agree. The whole time. I agree. And, and then Meryl. Meryl plays a role in this that she doesn't ever play. She never plays, I'm weak and everyone else around me is strong. Mm-hmm. And you want to punch Bradley Whitford in the fucking face. I in fucking this love movie. Bradley Whitford. You want to punch him so fucking hard in the face. Yeah. But he... <laughs> She plays this role, and then you realize how important that 
who she is for women at this time and what this did and what this meant and what she was giving up um, in this historical, complicated script. Mm -hmm. And uh, if, if Frances wasn't doing this, this could actually be a year for Meryl, honestly. How do you... Are because you surprised? Are you surprised by the lack of times The Post is nominated for an Oscar? And I think these... This, I think the movie is so well done. I think it's fast-moving, informative, funny, hard, sad, tense. It is so tense. The movie is so... You were so on the edge of your seat, and it is a historical thing. It is a modern day All the President's Men. Yeah. It's it's quick um, paced, and it's the Washington Post. It's the same thing at the same time, and it's focused on, you know, what it meant to women at the time and what she was doing and how scared she was in that, you know? Um, and that's... I, I, I was so moved by this movie and was kind of like, wow that this is the one movie that I actually thought because of the politics of what's happening with Time's Up and women, mm -hmm. that, that this would be the only movie that could contend for Best Picture yes. against Three Billboards for what it what it's representing and how well it's executed. It's my note. So, so you think it's snubbed a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. But I don't know if it would go into the whole... Well, Spielberg needs to be nominated, blah, right, blah, blah, no, no, because no. Is, it, is it really that snubbed then? I, I think Tom Hanks is great. I didn't feel like nominate Tom Hanks. Right. I didn't. Okay. I enough. thought he was great. I, I think she... is spectacular. She is, because you know what? You always see her as strength, power, the Iron Lady, this and that. Mm -hmm. And she could be flawed, and she has to make decisions and, like, things. Sophie's Choice, here's a complete woman at the very beginning of her career that is going, I have to choose between which kid I'm going to decide to take with me. Yeah. And which kid's going to be left, you know? Yeah. And there's not a better choice there. There's not a, you, no matter what, you're going to save one of them, though, because you get the chance to save one of them. That woman is still strong for... What has to happen in that that movie? This woman is in a power, male-dominated, you-can't-do-this, when the men are having a conversation, she leaves the room to go with the ladies and talk about dinner parties. This is the most powerful woman in newspaper history. Mm -hmm. And she's leaving the room because it's time for men to talk, because that's what the world was. Yeah. And this, she just is the most dynamic character in all of these, on all of these parts. She changes the most of who she is, and you see how weak she is at the start, and you see how strong she can be. Damn. Sorry. Inspiring. All right, continue. We're down to the last two not, uh, categories here. So our uh, penultimate category is Best Actor in a Leading Role, and the nominees are Timothy Chalamet for Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread, I'm going to mess up this last name, Daniel Kaluuya. Get Out, Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel Esquire. Um, this is hard for me. I think it's down to two. Yeah. Hands down. Let's, I think you're thinking Gary Oldman and Timothy Chalamet. And you would be right. Because you know what? <laughs> I think it's going to be between those two. Like, And I say this as Gary Oldman, I think, has it. I think it's a lock. I think he's been working forever. He's in this character that is... Huge, larger than life, completely is the reason that they won World War II. Yes. Completely. He's the guy. He's the reason England made it out of that. And he, look at him. 
He doesn't look anything like himself. He's transformed into Winston Churchill. He carries himself. He's moving. He's been acting forever. He's been good to people in Hollywood. I think it's his time. I think Timothy Chalamet is... Chalamet. Chalamet is so good in this movie. Yeah. He is, like, so... There's that idea when you're young and you're just trying to figure out who you are, what you like, what you want in somebody, when you're first trying to figure out, like, your sexual preference, like... You're gonna fuck a peach. He's an apricot, but... <laughs> but, just seems so like, I'm just saying is, it's like, there's there's this point of feeling completely alone. It's a kid who's growing up in um, a part of Italy with his parents, who his one of his parents is a unbelievable professor um that has you know a program where one student comes with them and works with them as their intern for the summer and they like kind of investigate like archaeological things archaeological things and um you know it's it's such a raw film i i can't find another word to say it because part of me was almost a little bored with how real it was do you know what I'm saying? Right, like, you go to a movie to escape and you're seeing real life. I'm, I was seeing, it was so real. And he's so good with Army Hammer, but he's tied in between being this beautiful Italian girl who wants me and I want, I want to want her, but I can't keep my eyes off of this guy. And he's not going to be with him. You yeah. know, it's like, this is, he's an adult and this is a kid and it's not going to happen, you know? And it's like, he is completely torched to that. And let me tell you, the, the last scene of this film is that he's looking into this fire and he's just holding himself as he's just had a phone call from Army Hammer that tells him that he is getting engaged mm -hmm. to a woman and that what they have is never going to happen again. It's never going to be something. And he knows he's going to have to be okay and his father has just made it be like, we know you're gay. But in the most real conversation you can have about that, we think it's, you're beautiful. We want you to be you and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's held in that motion of everybody who loves me knows this and is okay. Great. But I'm also never going to be able to have that experience with this guy again. Right. You know? And it's this beautiful mystery of love. Mm -hmm. You know? And he's just sitting there while the credits start looking into this fire, crying. And that's it. That's the end of that movie. And it's, like, really, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because he's a child, you know? This is, like, how old is he? Like, 20? 22? I mean, he's gotta be... I think he's 22. He's playing 17. But I'm just... He's 22. Wow. I pulled that out of a hat. Six foot. Tall guy. He... I, I just... I, I think that he is going to be somebody you see... But I don't think that he's gonna be the one that's gonna take it. But if somebody takes it from Gary Oldman, it's him. I think I think he's going to win. Actually, you think Timothy um, Chalamet is? Yes, Timothy Chalamet is going to take this Oscar. I would just like to point out that he's born in Hell's Kitchen, New York City. So there I, you go. I would be so surprised that it would go against what everything has been going for Gary Oldman. But. They do love to have one of those people. Yeah, so like, it's like, hello, I'm five years old and I'm in room, but here I am. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it, it is like that. And yeah. it's like, you know, Academy Award winner Timothy Hutton. Yes. His whole life is that for ordinary people. Yeah. He wins it for ordinary people and it's like, that's his whole life is he's an Academy Award winner. It's amazing. It can happen. 
I would be surprised that it does that it does, but if it it does, I it's, would say it's warranted. Yeah. All right, we're in the last category. I want it. 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 All right, best picture. Call me by your name. Darkest Hour. Dunkirk. Get Out. Lady Bird. Phantom Thread. The Post. Shape of Water. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think it's a lock. I think it's a lock. I don't think that there's a question. I think it's I think it's three billboards. I I want that to win. However, I am not so sold that it is a lock. I think Shape of Water. I think the buzz it's getting is not hurting it. I think people like these fantastic stories where you've got a main character, like you said, that is so different of her. Like she doesn't speak, and yet she's the one person you care about the most. I want three billboards to win. I think that's a much better story. I'm more into that story. I think the acting ar- across the board is amazing on that. I think everything about that mu- movie, even though it's not beautiful in the typical sense, I think it's a it's beautifully done. Um, and I don't want Shape of Water to win. I want three billboards to win. I'm not 110% confident that it will, though. Okay. I think the politics are right for it, but I don't know. I think if anybody could take it, I think it is going to be between The Post, Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Um, I think those are the three films that you could really you could really do that. Um, I don't think any other movie has the chance to win it. Right. Um, I don't. I love Lady Bird. I love all this. I just, just to what is going on this year and everything... I think that this is going to be between these three films, um, and I'm going to go with three billboards, and it's, uh, I feel, I feel very confident in that. Alrighty. Alright. So let us know what you think is going to win, or don't let us know. Yeah. We don't really Why care. Why the fuck do we care? Fuck it. But, make sure you, uh, like, guess before you watch the Oscars, because what fun are the Oscars if you're not going to guess who you think wins first, and That's then true. give yourself a pat on the back when you get it right. We like to uh, do a full stream of that, watch it, put down who we're going to win. Um, I-, I think it's a great call. I already got the day off from work because I wanted it so bad. Like, so fuck it, I need this. I need this day off. I need to know it's off, so that's what's happening. Guys... It's always a pleasure. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at YTTM Podcast. We post fun things. That's right. And uh, we did have a very exciting uh, couple of weeks here. We had finished our film. We had put it into um, a contest showcase uh, that it's going to be screened. And and our film piece by piece has been selected. And we will be screening it at uh, the Motion Picture Academy in Beverly Hills. Um, and we're very excited about that. So, I'm Stevie. I'm Sydney. And you just listen to you talking to me. Bye. Bye.